Start your weekend off right. This is BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Oh, we've made it. We've made it to week seven of the college football season, and it is the biggest week thus far of the college football season. Welcome in to BetQLU. We're with you every Friday night for an hour, Saturday mornings for an hour, live coast to coast on the BetQL network, wherever you may be in the world on your Odyssey app. You can download the podcast there as well, A-U-D-A-C-Y, and on Twitch, twitch.tv slash betql you can see us right there us being me chris mack rj choppy kayla canaram we are back with you again for another week of previewing all the college football action that is fit to preview and we've got rj back in the fold you're in one piece we were worried about you last week man we thought maybe i I thought maybe it was a preemptive case of the lsu flu but (laughs) <laughs> you and your Vols had no problem whatsoever. <laughs> no, they had no problem. Uh, I had quite the problem uh, on Friday uh, and uh, a little bit on Saturday. I was fine by Sunday. I thought I was out of the woods. I got back to it on Sunday, and then on Monday, right back down again. Terrible oh, no. day. But, uh, oh, those balls, baby. They did not let me down. I'm waiting. I'm still waiting. I'm waiting for them to let me down like they always do. I don't know when it's going to happen. Maybe, maybe, maybe this week. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. maybe. maybe they Big one on the schedule this week. Yeah. They, they've, they've got- knowing them, knowing them, they beat Alabama, they beat Georgia, they lose to Kentucky. <laughs> that, knowing them. That, <laughs> oh, that's that Tennessee be, right there. That would be a little twist of the knife there. Um, yeah, speaking of our, our alma maters, um, I, I, I'm just not even going to bring up Missouri. Kayla, we'll just skate right <laughs> past that because we're going to talk Kansas later. You can get all the hate out of your system uh, for the Jayhawks. Um, another big game, my Nittany Lions. I got my Penn State hat on, got my Penn State shirt on. I am all ready to go. Wow. I don't go full homer on the Penn State bandwagon that often, but when I do, I go hard. And when I do, I undoubtedly get end up getting disappointed somehow. So let's hope that doesn't happen. There is a weekend full of action to get to, including the Vols hosting the Tide, including Penn State traveling to Ann Arbor and a whole bunch of other huge ball games. But let's start with some takeaways from week six of the college football season. If you guys don't mind, I'm going to lead off because I can't remember the last time an Oklahoma team has looked this bad. Brett Venables is going to be lucky to get out of Norman with a job by the end of the season, the last time the Sooners Mm -hmm. and only time the Sooners, only time the Sooners have ever finished last in their conference was when they wound up four, seven and one and tied with, Oh, conveniently enough, Missouri, Kayla in the basement (laughs) of what was the big six conference in 1931. It's been 91 years. Did I do that math? Right. It's been a long time. Um, and I just wonder if Oklahoma, seeing Matt Rule out on the market now, the guy who somehow pieced together the third-best Big 12 recruiting class of 2017 when he parachuted in to clean up the Art Bryles mess in Waco, if he's not headed to Oklahoma, if somebody's not headed to Oklahoma, uh, my biggest takeaway from Week 6, the Sooners, and more accurately, Brett Venables, are in trouble. Yeah, they they really might be uh, in trouble. Uh, the the issue with Brett is, um, 
look, they lost a lot of talent when Lincoln Riley left, and this was one of those, uh, you know, this was one of those games locally here, or another DFW, um, that obviously everyone here pays attention to. But you know, they lost a lot of talent, and he's a defensive guy who has no idea what he's doing at that quarterback position right now. And the defense stinks. The defense stinks. They're getting worse and worse and worse every single week. You know, I don't care if if the Kansas quarterbacks hurt. Oklahoma's not nine points better than air. I have no idea how they're a favorite in that game. Well, we'll get into that game in a couple minutes. No Jalen Daniels, it sounds like, for the Jayhawks when they visit Norman uh, on Saturday afternoon. We will get to that in just a moment. But, RJ, what's your biggest takeaway from week six? Well, I mean, it was uh, the fact that Oklahoma uh, uh, stinks, but let's you know, let's go beyond that. Um, man, I'll be perfectly honest with you. TCU is a solid football team, man. Like that is they they you know they put it on Kansas on the road. They put it on Oklahoma, although that's not doesn't seem to be that good of a win right now. They're a real deal football team. Like they're they're a good team. I don't think they're a title contender. But I got to give a little bit of love for the, uh, the, the the boys that play about 20 minutes from where I live. TCU is a really good program. Sonny Dykes, I had him on our we had him on our show this week. Uh, the, the head coach there in his first year, he's done a tremendous job resurrecting uh, Max Duggan, the quarterback, resurrecting that program. Kind of took a little bit of a dip at the end of Gary Patterson's tender uh, tenure there, but I got to give it up for TCU, man. That was that was a really good really good victory by them. They got a big one this week. That could have been an easy at one point in the schedule. That could have been a look ahead game with Oklahoma yeah. State coming, but. You know, they, they took care of business last week, and they got a big one this week. Yeah, na- may, might not be national championship contenders, like you said, RJ, but at the very least, they're four-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Cowboys on Saturday afternoon. We'll get into that one a little bit later as well. Kayla, what's your takeaway from week six? Well, obviously, you guys touched on the biggest one, which is OU, and I am curious how long the leash is going to be for Venables because – OU's used to a certain kind of football, and I don't know. They're not going to be happy with this for much longer. But my biggest takeaway was the quarterback situation we saw last weekend and how so many big names went down, and it it caused some rippling effects. Um, for starters, you had Will Levis out for Kentucky with a foot injury. That resulted in a loss to South Carolina at home. Um, luckily, they are expected to have him back this week, and they'll need it as they face number 16 at Mississippi State, which we will dive into later. Um, obviously you touched on it. Jalen Daniels had an exit stage right last week and against TCU with a shoulder injury. Did KU lose because of it? We'll never know, but we do know is that their perfect schedule is no more. So sad. Um, backup Jason Bean, however, broken up about it. I can tell I'm really upset. I'm really upset, (laughs) (laughs) but they're backup guys, 16 of 24, 262 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. So not too shabby, but more bad news for the Jayhawks is that Jalen Daniels is most likely going to miss this weekend uh, as they head to Norman. I think that is definitely going to happen, um, which makes this matchup all kinds of interesting. I have no idea what to do with that game. We'll get to it again later. Uh, Dylan Gabriel goes out for OU with a concussion. So that definitely didn't help things at the Cotton Bowl last weekend. Um, he is expected back this weekend for the Sooners. On the flip side, you had Quinn Ewers back for Texas. Uh, he looks back. Boy, did he shine. Um As we know, he threw for four touchdowns, made several flashy plays um, with an 86.2 grade. But perhaps the biggest quarterback debacle was Bryce Young, who missed the Crimson Tide's big game against A&M. Still got by with the skin of their teeth. um, But as we know, it's not going to get easier for Alabama this weekend as they head down to Knoxville, which 
could be the biggest game of the season so far. His status is still questionable. Um, trying to get that shoulder back to full strength. Guys, is there any way Saban doesn't play him this weekend? Oh, that's a great question. Arge, I mean, I, I don't know. Here's the thing. Even if Bryce Young plays, and I was I was going to save this for what will be our last game preview before we get our best bets. We'll save the, the biggest game for the last Bama and Tennessee. But I'll say this, that right off the top, I don't know if he's not 100%. I don't think Hendon Hooker, regardless of who plays for Alabama, isn't the best quarterback on the field. And so if I'm Nick Saban and I think I can still find my way into the playoff, despite a loss to Tennessee, then I probably do sit Bryce Young. If I think I, you know, if I think that's what's best in the long term for the long game, then that's what probably makes the most sense because I I don't want to expose him to greater injury and lose him for multiple weeks, RJ. I, I totally agree. Uh, Alabama, I think, uh, is still – Tennessee needs this game more than Bama does. I think Alabama is still a title contender. And they're going to make the Final Four with or without uh, this win this weekend. I don't know that Tennessee does. Um, I don't think they can. And, and, for, and because of that, I, I think if you're Nick Saban, you've got to be smart. Uh, this is a – if this was a 50-50 – you know, like proposition, 50-50 proposition, not 50-50, maybe like, like 60-40 with him. You know, if, if if having him play meant you had a 90% chance of winning this game, then go ahead and play him. But even if you play him, there's still an element of risk that you're going to lose this game. I mean, it's a tough place to play, and the place is going to be jacked up. And you don't need the game. <laughs> like, I, I don't think yeah. you need the game. That's the point. You don't, like, they can still make the Final Four. I mean, Alabama, more than any other program, is going to get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to the committee. You know, they just yeah. are. Uh, so, yeah, like, I don't know. They Bama and Georgia both are, are, yeah, I think can afford yeah. a loss at some point along the way. Um, two teams, let's dive right into week seven now. Two teams that cannot afford losses if they want to be playoff teams because they're contenders with each other in the Big Ten East. Number 10, Penn State. We are uh, visiting number five, Michigan in Ann Arbor. It's the Fox Big Noon game. Michigan favored by a touchdown, seven here. Total sitting about 52, 52 and a half at BetMGM. Third top 10 matchup in the series history, but the first since 1997 when Michigan routed the Nittany Lions 34 to eight. And some crummy sophomore quarterback named Tom Brady came on in mop-up duty behind Brian Greasy. Uh, Blake Corum, the key to Michigan's offense, 735 yards on the ground at this point, 11 touchdowns. Uh, but the question might be more about which quarterback can avoid mistakes here, guys. Sean Clifford hasn't run as much as he usually does, has also avoided since the Purdue game that big turnover that has crushed them in the past. J.J. Uh, McCarthy, though, has he really had to face anybody? Both of these teams with weak strength of schedules to this point in the mid-40s. Uh, the one bright spot where Penn State could take advantage of McCarthy, they got Joey Porter Jr. on the other side of the ball. Uh, arguably a first-round draft pick next year playing corner for them. So I don't know what your read is on this. It's a little harder for me being a Penn State guy. At the very least, I think I want to take the points. Some people out this way in Pennsylvania are yelling money line, money line, jump on the Nittany Lions. I don't know if I can go that far because I don't think they have any margin for error against the Wolverines in this one, RJ. No, I, I don't think they do. Um, you know, I, I also think that, you know, if they were to win this game, I mean, to me, that's a pretty big upset. I, I you know, I, I look at this and, and Penn State's got 
dude, they gotta be they gotta be kicking themselves with the amount of quarterbacks they have that they used to have that are playing somewhere else right now. Uh, right. <laughs> but um, you know, like this is it's, Penn State feels like a team to me that they if they're gonna win a game, they're gonna muck it up. They're gonna win it ugly, right? Like they, if they're gonna win this game. They're not gonna win this game. I don't think in a shootout uh, with Michigan. No. And that's you know, and, and I'm not. That's not even Michigan doesn't even have that great of an offense. Michigan, right? It's not I, like Michigan yeah. is out there. Yeah, they're they're not they're not putting up sixty a game. Uh, but yeah, I think Penn State, if they want to win this with this game, then they're gonna have to muck this thing up. Kayla, what's your read on the Wolverines and Nittany Lions? Don't hate me, Chris. First of all, no, um, well, no. Aside from, come on, give me the from, honesty. <laughs> aside from the Purdue and North, aside from Purdue and Northwestern, they've had some dominant, commanding wins. But you could also argue they really haven't played anyone. Um, so mm-hmm. they're gonna be super tested this weekend at Michigan. Then again, this will also be Michigan's first game against a ranked opponent. So I'm torn on the spread, to be honest. I think Michigan does win. I just don't know how close that the game will be. Um, Penn State's just going to have to clean up those turnovers that have been super costly. They turned the ball over five times in their game with Northwestern. And you're not going to be able to do that against Michigan and still pull out a win. Obviously, both teams are solid in their prior matchups, straight up and against the spread. Um, but the kicker for me is Penn State going two and six against the spread in their last eight meetings with the Wolverines specifically. Um, yeah. Someone's perfect record is going to get spoiled this weekend, and I think it's going to be Penn State. So I am leaning Michigan at minus seven. I think I'm also leaning towards the under 52 and a half. Like RJ yeah. said, it's not going to be a shootout. Um, I just think both teams are going to be really battling it out. Yeah, I definitely like the under as well. Neither one of these offenses is built to light up a scoreboard, uh, even if Penn State's run game is a lot better than it has been in the last few years. They did go to the big house and win in Ann Arbor during the COVID year for what that's worth. I don't know if it's really worth much of anything. It was an empty building. Um, And Penn State 4-1 and against the spread, at least, in their last five road games. So, yeah, I don't know if they get out with a a straight-up win. I do think it's a touchdown game either way, unless one of these two teams get sloppy with the football all right number 19 kansas kayla loves them uh also a noon eastern kick they are in norman we touched on this one earlier uh no jalen daniels not making the trip after a grade three separation of his right shoulder in their loss to tcu last week real quick guys oklahoma has this oklahoma laying nine is a five-star bet on betql i don't know if i'm necessarily in lockstep with that i'm leaning oklahoma but there's something about the magic of the jayhawks rj Oh, uh, there is. This thing is, you know, the nine's a, a big number, but I'll tell you, um, I, I love the money line, Kansas. Here, this is a, uh, this, this, a, I'm not, I don't know that I would bet the house on it, but you mean you're giving me two and a half to one uh, on, on a straight up money line? I mean, I, that's, that's a pretty good number right there uh, for against an Oklahoma team. I mean, they're terrible. Like they're guys, they're they're awful right now. Like, and I I wonder. If Brent Venables has already lost that team. Like, I don't know what's going on. They, they Sooner fans love him. Uh, the ones I know, they still love him. They, they, they don't think he should be fired. They don't want uh, a lot of that to happen, which, which stuns the heck out of me. Keep your hands off Josh Heupel. That's all I have to say. Keep your, your meat <laughs> hooks off Josh Heupel. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, man, if I get that rule, go ahead. But I actually like Kansas money line. Kayla, real quick, I know it's hard for you to go with Kansas, but who you got? Well, no surprise there. If you told me a year ago I'd be debating who would win in a Kansas OU matchup in Norman, I would have thought you lost your marbles. But guys, here we are. Um, short and sweet. I. It scares me the Sooners are 1-4 and four against the spread in the last five. As bad as the games have been, I just can't pick Kansas over them, especially at Norman. I think they're going to be playing peeved off. So I'm riding in that covered wagon with the Sooners at minus eight. 
All right, coming up next, just four combined losses between the top five teams in the ACC Atlantic. Four of those teams play each other this weekend, plus a test for the scoreboard operator atop the Big 12 alongside Kayla Canaram and RJ Choppy. I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla here on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Back to BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. We're just motoring right along here, almost halfway through the show, almost halfway through the college football season. This is how we do it every Friday night, 11 Eastern, 8 Pacific. Every Saturday morning, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. We are live coast to coast on the BetQL Network with BetQLU. You can also take us with you wherever you may be in the world and on demand on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it today and download the show. Listen to it at your leisure, as some people would say. Not anybody I know, but some people. Anyway, uh, we're also on Twitch, twitch.tv slash betql. It is a huge weekend, so we have just started diving headlong into these games, and we will continue it with Week 7. We touched on this game already, guys. I don't know if anybody would have predicted even a month ago that this game would be as huge as it is, but it could be for the Big 12 title. Number 8, Oklahoma State. Saturday afternoon, 2.30 local time, 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific, at number 13, TCU. Horn Frogs laying four and a half. Big total on this one to be expected with two of the top three offenses in college football. Actually, they're both tied third in the FBS, scoring over 46 points per game, and both have hit the minimum of 36 in every single game they've played. We know TCU has done it on the run game, but they have Max Duggan, despite being a bit banged up, mm-hmm. with the second-best quarterback rating in the FBS uh, to only C.J. Stroud. That's the only guy with better numbers than Max Duggan. Spencer Sanders, certainly not lighting it up the way Duggan is at quarterback, but efficient. Six TDs with his legs, 12 through the air, just two picks. Um, both defenses like to give up big plays, too. So this might be one of those big, fat totals where we do take the over. And I'll be honest, when I look at a side here, TCU 4-0-1 against the spread in their last five, um, I, I think I'm leaning Horn Frogs. You, you, you talked about it earlier, RJ, near the top of the show. They just, there's something about the way things have turned this year for them. It feels like, you know, the teams that have had a little magic sprinkled on them are in the Big 12, mm-hmm. whether it's Kansas or whether it's TCU. Yeah. No, they have, and, and, and they've played well, and, and Max D- uh, Dugan's played well, too. And, and you know, the interesting thing is he was much maligned uh, under Gary Patterson his final couple of years uh, with, you know, with Coach P. Uh, but Sonny Dykes has done a tremendous job. I will say this. You know, Oak State, I, and I, I didn't even realize this until I saw it this week, they led the nation in sacks last year. And this year they, like, they lead the nation in, like, pressures or quarterback hits or something. Uh, that, that's from from the defensive line. That's stunning to me. This is not a defensive powerhouse, uh, but that is a good, strong unit for them. And you know, coach is talking about how he thinks that people are underrating Spencer Sanders' arm. That they, they say it's legs, 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 and and that, that kid does have a pretty good arm, uh, according to Coach Dyke. So, I, I um, you know, I, I find it interesting. Um, you know, TCU was going to have a sellout. They don't sell that place out very often. 
there's only 70,000 living alumni. They're, they're alumni. They're living alumni can't even fill up an SEC stadium. Uh, but they're going to wind up selling that place out, and it's going to be rowdy. I wish it was at night. Night game would be lit there, but uh, 2.30 afternoon start. Kayla, I, we, we touched on this game earlier. We know how efficient the offenses are. They're big play offenses, too, going up against mm-hmm. defenses that like to give up big plays. I don't know how you don't sprinkle something on the over here just based on what we've seen from TCU all year, based on the track record of Big 12 programs as well, including Oklahoma State, who love to light up the scoreboard. Took the words right out of my mouth. This is the game we want to have our popcorn ready for. I'm actually sad one of these teams is going to have to lose because they're both so solid. Um, This is the Big 12 shootout I have my eyes on, as the total would suggest. So for starters, Chris, I am taking the over because four of TCU's five games have exceeded this total and OSU has hit the over in four of their five games so far this season. Not to mention you've got two poised quarterback, better, veteran quarterbacks. And Chris, as you mentioned, two top five offenses combined with those mediocre defenses. Um, as for the spread, this will be OSU's second game against direct opponent. Their first being Baylor while TCU's resume up until this point, more or less has been a cakewalk last week and excluded, of course. Um, so with that, my gut's pulling me actually towards taking the Cowboys at plus four and a half. I know they're on the road, but they're 15, five and one against the spread in the last 21 games. Um, and overall 22, seven and one against the spread against teams with a winning record. So I'm going pokes in this one. Yeah, this is, this is good. Like you said, this is the one you want your popcorn for. This is going to be, uh, the highest scoring game of the, of the weekend. I I think you're just going to see back and forth and, Good old classic Big 12 uh, scoreboard lighting up going on in Fort Worth. Love a shootout. Uh, from, from that game to perhaps the exact opposite or one <laughs> of the exact opposites. In the ACC, we've got number 15 NC State visiting number 18 Syracuse. And maybe it serves us best to take this game alongside what will be the nightcap on ABC, the other big ACC Atlantic game. Number four Clemson going to Tallahassee to visit the Knolls. The Knolls have kind of tripped and fallen over themselves a couple times this year. Clemson is Clemson, plus they're going to have all five of their big defensive linemen back uh, so they can rotate those guys in and out. A 12-game win streak for them is the longest active one in the FBS. They're only laying three and a half at Tallahassee. As for NC State and Syracuse, Syracuse laying three and a half at home, but I have a feeling, guys, that this is where – This is where the Cinderella run, if you want to call it that, comes to an end Mm -hmm. for them. I think NC State is just – they're more well-rounded. If NC State – if Syracuse, I should say, is forced to put the game on Garrett Schrader's shoulders, as good as he has been at times this year, I don't think it's going to be good enough against NC State. So I'm leaning on NC State money line as they go to the, the former Carrier Dome up in Syracuse, New York. And I'm leaning on Clemson to cover what I think is a pretty short number even on the road Mm -hmm. in Tallahassee against Florida state. RJ, what do you think about these two ACC Atlantic matchups? I, uh, I like Clemson to cover the three and a half. Uh, I I don't know how, or three and a half, four, wherever you're getting it. I don't see how it's only that. Uh, I'm not, I'm not buying it for shoe at all. And then I am totally with you, man. I don't get how Syracuse is, is, is like a favorite here. I I, I don't, I don't think, I think they're, they're a paper tiger, man. They, they've not even left. Uh, I guess they haven't left the New England or New York area. I know New York's not New England. Right. But um, they haven't even left. And they, and they really haven't played a great schedule. Uh, for them to be favored over a team that, that has been battle-tested a little bit this year at NC State, you know, have already played, um, you, know, you know, some quality competition. 
I like money line. I like uh, NC State money line in this one. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that Syracuse's win over Purdue is, I guess, the, the best one on their schedule yeah. to this point. Purdue gave what is now a number 10 Penn State team a rough ride, but that was in West Lafayette, and Syracuse's win over the Boilermakers was in Syracuse, and, and it was only by three points. So, to your point, they really haven't played anybody yet this year other than an underwhelming Louisville team in the opener. Um, it feels like it, we're kind of building towards what we thought we would build towards in the ACC Atlantic, Kayla, which is going to eventually be Clemson-NC State battling for that berth in the ACC championship game. I know we're not including Wake Forest in this conversation because they're not involved in either of these two games and how excited RJ gets for sexy Sammy Hartman. But we'll, right, maybe. We'll, we'll push the Deacons to the side for just a second. These two ACC games, um, is there any reason to believe RJ and I are off base on this? Uh, riding money line on NC State and laying the three and a half with Clemson. I could not be more aligned with you both. We're going to find out if, again, the undefeated Orange are for real Saturday as they face their first true opponent. And the only thing I'm looking at in that game is the status of starting quarterback Devin Leary, who suffered a right shoulder injury last week. So if they have their backup playing, we can just expect the run game to turn up. Short and sweet, I like the Wolfpack, either straight up or I would take the points at plus three and a half, Syracuse is one and four against the spread in the last five conference games. Um, NC State wins when you've got strength of schedule. And Syracuse has actually been really bad about turnovers and costly penalties. So that's also something to keep in mind. Um, and then, yes, I am taking Clemson at minus three and a half. Why does this one feel like a trick? I don't know why yeah. the spread is just three and a half. Um, what is there to say other than they've scored at least 30 points in every game this season? They average 39.3 per game. They've won six consecutive meetings between uh, the Seminoles. They're on a 10-game winning streak overall going back to last season. I mean, it's just – I don't know. It, there's no question in this one. I'm not sure on the total, though. I'm confident in Clemson, not as confident in FSU putting up points. Uh, Tigers put up at least 30 a game, so Clemson should be able to carry this total, but I think I'm going to stay away from it. But, yes, I'm with I you mean, guys. Clemson minus 3.5 and, and Wolfpack straight up or against the spread. Yeah, I mean, as far as Clemson goes, the only thing I think that slows them down here or gives them an issue is if that defensive line does run into some health issues in the midst of that game. Because I don't think everybody in that five-man rotation is necessarily at a full 100%. They're all going to be able to play. But, you know, if you lose one or two of those guys, you've got to shorten the rotation, maybe dig into the bench just a little bit deeper than you would be comfortable doing if you're Clemson. Maybe that Florida State run game can get you. Maybe Jordan Travis does some things on the move. Those are all possibilities. I just don't think it's very likely. And I think three and a half is way too short a line. Again, even going on the road for Clemson into Tallahassee for a night game on ABC. Also at night, Saturday night, 730 Eastern kick, Mississippi State, number 16, visiting number 22, Kentucky, Mississippi State laying seven total right around 46, 46 and a half. Kentucky has a problem. Kentucky can't protect their quarterback or quarterbacks. Uh, Will Levis, you mentioned it earlier, Kayla. Mm -hmm. He missed last week uh, with that turf toe injury. Kaya Sharon went 15 to 27 with two touchdowns and a pick, but he was also sacked six times. That's a lot to put on a freshman's shoulders on the road in the SEC. We saw how it panned out. It didn't. Now they are back home. Um, but Will Rogers is arguably the better Will at quarterback in this game, even if Levis is healthy. 
more than 2,000 passing yards already, more than 20 passing touchdowns. He's the only quarterback in the country to have eclipsed both of those numbers to this point. This is big, I think, for Coach Stoops and for the Wildcats. If they want to keep the positive momentum going forward that they've built to this point, I think it requires a home upset win. I get it. You're a seven-point dog at home. I get it. You might be without your quarterback, but if Levis is able to go, I, I think they've got to get the upset or at least at least cover the spread and keep it a tight game, RJ, in order to keep that positive momentum going forward that they've built up over the last year, year and a half. They've built a ton of it up. They've built a ton of positive momentum up. And, you know, a lot of it comes down based on the quarterback. But you can't protect, you know, on the college, at the NFL level, you know, you want to talk about the uh, you know sacks being on the quarterback a lot of times. That's fine. At college level, though, I mean, it, it's, it's much more a team, uh, you know, in terms of the offensive line, they, they, you can't you can't have a weak link, and Kentucky has a lot of weak links on that O line. I think Mississippi State has, has a real good chance to cover in this one here. Uh, and by the way, it is perfect uh, that about Will Rogers would be uh, would be would be that the name for in this game, uh, considering you know, the the old vaudeville performer. There you go. That's a little little history lesson for you. For for our younger audience, RJ just our made young- what's called a dated <laughs> reference. Um, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I so, did. <laughs> Kayla, I mean, RJ makes a ton of sense. I, I'd like to believe – look, I don't think I have a play in this one because the seven is just a little too much for me for even a mm-hmm. higher-ranked SEC team going on the road in conference. But I, I do think the question for me is more about, like I said, Kentucky and can they – they can't get blown out at home, essentially, is what I'm trying to say. Even if Levis right. doesn't play, that's a bad look for them, given everything that they've done this year and last. You're exactly right. I'm aligned with RJ, but yeah, it does make me a little nervous that the Wildcats have lost two straight and will be looking for revenge at home. But I'm just, I'm I'm sticking with Mike Leach. I love Mike Leach. I love the Bulldogs to cover on the road against Kentucky. Um, and it goes back to just the uncertainty with Levis. Will he look good yeah. coming back from that injury? I don't know. Um, in this particular matchup, the favorite has gone four and one against the spread in their last five meetings. And in addition to that, you've got the Bulldogs who are six and one against the spread in their last seven games against a team with a winning record. On the other side, the Wildcats are 0 and four against the spread in their last four games after a loss. So that doesn't give me a lot of confidence um, with them. I feel like the total is low enough to take the over. Aside from that weird loss to LSU, Mississippi State has been putting up no less than 39 points a game. Um, the over is also four and one in their last five road games. But that's yeah, yeah. I, I like Mississippi State at minus seven. It does scare yeah, me. Yeah, that's a that's a good call with the total sitting in the mid 40s. That given Mississippi State's production on offense, uh, the over seems to make a ton of sense. Mississippi State uh, covering five of its last six road games is big as well, uh, especially in conference. So. That's where we're at with uh, some of those SEC and ACC games that you will have an eye on both in the mid-afternoon slot uh, if you're on the East Coast or the evening slot if you're on the East Coast. Two huge games left to preview on the slate for what is a giant, enormous week seven of the college football season. Plus, we've got to get you our best bets as well. We are live coast to coast on the BetQL network every Friday night and Saturday morning, wherever you may be in the world on your Odyssey app as well. You can download us as a podcast or listen to us live. And of course, on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL. Coming up, the Pac-12 could know 
by this time tomorrow if they've still got a shot at landing someone in the college football playoff or not based on this one game. And the biggest game of the year, not just in the SEC, but in the whole dang country. We discussed the Tide visiting Rocky Top. (laughs) Plus, as I mentioned, our best bets for what's become the biggest weekend of the college football season. All on the way alongside Kayla Canaram and RJ Choppy. I'm Chris Mack. You're listening to BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla here on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Back to BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. We've still got to preview the biggest game in the country in week seven of the college football season, Bama, Tennessee, in just a moment here on BetQLU, live coast to coast on the BetQL network, wherever you may be in the world on your Odyssey app and on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL. Also going to get you our best bets before we wrap things up as well and let you know, Kayla, are you still undefeated in best bets? I think I am. Wow. I was thinking about that. I need to go back and look, but I think I'm undefeated in best bets. We're going to just let you go first and copy that's whatever awesome. you say, if that's all right. Yeah. Great work. <laughs> that's right. That's good. <laughs> I can't buy a college win. That for all the kids, for all the kids who have this, you want to make a dated reference, have this tucked, this transistor radio tucked under their pillow late at night. <laughs> that boys and girls is what we call tailing. So we're all going to tail Kayla's best bet this weekend and hope to make some cash. Um, before we get to Bama, Tennessee and those, yeah, the, and those best bets. Let's start with a huge game out West. Uh, Saturday, 5 Pacific, number 7 USC visits number 20 Utah. The Utes laying 3.5, total at 64.5. USC, though, 6-0 for the first time in 16 mm-hmm. years. Longest drought between 6-0 and starts, if you want to call it that, in program history. 3-0 and this year in revenge games. The Trojans beating teams that beat them last year. But there are some signs that maybe their offense, which was white hot to start the season, granted against some doormats, but white hot nonetheless to start the season, is starting to slow. They've dropped from over 50 points per game to just under 30 points per game. They've dropped from 520 yards of offense per game to just over 400. Nonetheless, I think... If you are a Pac-12 fan, you know those people that ride or die with their conferences regardless of their team affiliations. If you're an executive for the Pac-12 hoping to cling on to the last vestiges of your conference thinking maybe a CFP appearance could do that even if it's by one of the teams that's leaving for the Big Ten in a couple years. You, I think, are rooting for USC here because an undefeated USC team who goes into the Pac-12 championship game and perhaps beats Utah again, perhaps beats an up-and-coming UCLA team. However they do it, a 13-0 USC team can't not get into the college football playoff, and you want to keep that hope alive. And to be honest, I think they that hope does remain alive and breathing. I don't think three and, off, three and a half, pardon me, is enough. I think Southern Cal goes into Utah, takes advantage of some mistakes by the Utes, and walks out of there with a touchdown victory, RJ. You know, I, I thought that all week. And then um, one of my good friends, the USC alum, uh, and he said Utah's winning this football game. 
They wow. play a physical Ooh. style. They can run the football. USC struggles with that style. Um, you know, Washington State, which is a bad running team, ran all over them uh, if they won, they wanted to. Uh, they're, they're a super athletic defensive team, but they're suited for the passing game, not for a, a running attack. And Utah's got a good running style. So uh, I was all about to take USC uh, you know, and, the, and the points here, but man, I think this is a Utah victory. Uh, and that, that's a short wow. – it's a you know you don't have to give up a lot of juice if you take Utah uh, in this right one, uh, with the uh, three and a half, but uh, I think it's too much of the money line. That's too big of a, of a number on the money line. So I like Utah in this one. Utah beat the Trojans by sixteen last year, Kayla. I don't think anybody expects it, even if they expect Utah to win, to be anything like that. But Utah eleven and zero straight up in their last eleven at home, eight and one straight up in their last nine conference games. Uh, is this a chance for Utah to assert themselves, reassert themselves as the kings of the Pac-12, but also perhaps dash any conference playoff hopes? I'm going with no, and I'm going to ignore everything RJ just said. Um, <laughs> the stats you just mentioned, that was all before Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams came to town. I love what they're doing over there. This is, by all accounts, going to be a great game. Um and with that, I like USC on the road at plus money. The key for the Trojans, obviously, as you mentioned, is going to be shutting down the Utes run game between running back Tavion Thomas and quarterback Cameron Rising. So that means stepping up the defense uh, for the run defense for uh, SC. But I still feel like USC can cover in this one. Um, as for the total, I kind of feel like I'm leaning the over as well, mostly due to the fact that the Utes averaged 33 points a game next to the Trojans, 40 points a game. I fully expect these offenses to be firing um, plus the overs five and one in their last seven meetings together. But yeah, I'm feeling USC. I kind of like the fact that we're the three of us are all over the place on this one, to be honest. Cause <laughs> I like, I, I think that makes, I, I think that makes for probably the best viewing, uh, experience is if you, if, if there's no consensus idea of what may go down in this thing and there really isn't, you know, as I look at it yeah. now, bet QL 67% of the public is on, uh, the Trojans, and it's about 69% of the Sharps, uh, the experts. So everybody's on Southern Cal, but then you get somebody like RJ and one of his buddies tell you, eh, no, there's no way they're going to Utah and out physicaling the Utes. Uh, that's not a word, but I just made it one. Plus 145 <laughs> on the money line. I, I think <laughs> that's where I lean with this one. Plus 145 on the money line for the number seven undefeated USC Trojans. Yeah who have shown that they can win ugly if they have to. And that's where I lean on this one is with the Trojans. All right, our best bets in just a moment, but this is where we, we require someone to channel, speaking of dated references yet again, their inner Keith <laughs> Jackson, because this one is the granddaddy of them all. Number three, Alabama, visiting Rocky Top. Number seven, Tennessee, 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific on CBS, the 11th top 10 matchup between these two teams, but just the second since 2000, uh, six years ago, Alabama all over the Vols, 49 to 10. But this is a different Vols team, guys. Uh, first in the SEC in points per game, almost 47. First in the SEC in yards per game, 547.8. Uh, first in turning the ball over just five times. They've been efficient. They protected the football. And Hendon Hooker, again, I said this earlier, he's the best quarterback on the field in this game. Regardless of whether it's Bryce Young dinged up or Jalen Milrow getting in there again to try and, I guess, slow things down 
for Bama. In my opinion, if Hooker continues to play like this, he's going to work his way into the first round of what is a pretty quarterback-heavy draft next year for the NFL. And if he beats the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, it's even more reason. The the Hendon Hooker hype train is going to take off. I think he's worthy of all of it. I really do. Whether Bryce Young plays or Jalen Milrow plays, I like Tennessee to, at the very least, cover the seven-point number in RJ. I think they could win this thing straight up. I'm not saying they will. I'm not 100% on yeah. that. But they very well could. Man, it just, it just feels good to actually be talking about this again. Like, as like the game <laughs> of the week. You know, it's, it's, been, it's been 20 years almost. I'm so I, jealous. I love, I like, oh, my gosh. It's, it's, I, I can't wait. I'm just on cloud nine here. Um, I, I do think the seven and a half is in play uh, for Tennessee. I, I think they've got a real chance of covering that one. Uh, I like the over more. Uh, I think the over is a, is, is a good – if Bryce plays. If Bryce doesn't play, this is one of those things mm-hmm. you wait until, you know, 2 o'clock on Saturday before yeah. you place a bet. You find out whether Bryce plays this one because if he doesn't, uh, first of all, the line's going to move quite a bit, I think, uh, if he doesn't play. And then I also think that the, the, the over-under will drop quite a bit if he doesn't play uh, because, you know, if he doesn't play, they're going to get run out of the building. If they play the way they did last week against AM, and m if they try to put up that kind of performance against Tennessee at, you know, on the road uh, with that offense, Bama might have their you know their worst defeat in, in a couple of years. Yeah, and, and I'll be honest. I think I like the under right now. When you have a big, fat total sitting out there like 65, I know yeah. the pace of play that the Vols play with. I know what Hendon Hooker is capable of, all that. But – Six of Alabama's last eight games have gone under. You mentioned how they looked last week. You know, let's say we get something otherworldly here, Kayla, and Tennessee, you know, they don't face Bryce Young. They face Jalen Milrow, and they take off. And I don't know, they beat Alabama by three touchdowns and shock the world. I think even in that scenario, I don't know if we see Tennessee hit 40. So that being said, I think it's going to be tough to get to 65 in any kind of scenario here, regardless of who wins. Yeah, I'm with RJ. I'm a little going a little crazy in this one. I like the over of 65. Uh, okay. Yes, Bama has a solid defense, but you've got Tennessee with arguably the best offense. Guys are averaging 547.8 total yards a game and 46.8 points, followed by Bama, who consistently puts up 44. So I kind of feel the over again. It all comes down to whether or not Bryce Young's going to be out on the field. I hope he is. I would love to see a Bryce Young versus Hendon Hooker game. Um, before I get to my pick, a few crazy stats for you guys. Under Nick Saban, Alabama has not lost on the third Saturday of October to an SEC rival. So if you're doing fast math, that's a 15-game winning streak. Uh, second fun fact is that Tennessee has converted in all 27 of their red zone appearances this season, which has resulted in 21 touchdowns and six field goals. That's unreal. On the flip side, Alabama's converted on 24 of 28 trips to the red zone with 15 touchdowns and nine field goals. I'm actually surprised this spread is as big as it is um, at seven. When you look at all the weird stats and facts, they all favor Alabama. But again, it's whether or not we see Bryce. RJ, you're welcome. I'm rolling with you, Morgan Wallen, and the balls yes. to cover in Knoxville this weekend. There it <laughs> is. There it is. Especially yeah. when you factor in it. Nayland's going to be insane. Like, I just think it's going to be a tough place for Bama to play. Man, I love the Morgan Wallen reference. Uh, I have one problem with this, though. The oh. walking curse. Peyton Manning is going to be there. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 picker. People are not happy. And People are not happy about no, that. No, because that dude 
does nothing but lose for us. That's all he does. He, he couldn't win when he was there. He can't win. Wow. Me. Leave us alone. Let us be in peace. Let us just enjoy our game in peace. I love you. You're my favorite player of all time. But please, just go away. You need, um, you need Drake to come, and then it'll be like a double negative, and then turn things around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh I love it. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I can't believe that red zone stat either. And all Like 78% touchdown rate in the red zone, and every other time they just kick three. I mean, that's, that's nuts. Um, all right, we got to wrap things up here and get to our best bets. Um, I'll start us off. I, this is a crazy one uh, because the total is just insane. 73 and a half is the total on Arizona, Washington. And I'm taking the under because I understand the inclination to look at two offenses, putting up like close to a thousand combined yards of offense each week and a combined 70 plus points each week. But I don't buy into Arizona. Uh, they put up 30 against teams like Colorado and North Dakota State. So this total is way too high for me. I like Arizona, Washington under the 73 and a half. Kayla, what's your best bet? I'm going Florida State team total under 23 and a half. Seminoles don't put up more than 21. Didn't put up more than 21 against Wake and North Carolina. Plus, they're going up against Clemson. Obviously, much better than both of those teams. Not to mention Clemson's defense is legit. And finding their groove in their last three games, they've notched 10 sacks and gave Stan Hartman, who we love, and Devin Leary a run for their money. So, Florida State team total under 23 and a half. Good call. RJ, what do you got? All right, I've got a little pizza money parlay for you. 10 bucks to win you 183. New Mexico State money line, Arkansas money line, Penn State money line. Bet all three. Yes. $10 box of pizza. Win Woo. 180 bucks. And he gave me my Nittany Lions in the end. I love it. <laughs> we'll do it again next weekend. Thanks for joining us live coast to coast on the BetQL Network. This has been BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla. Here on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. <laughs>